Hey, Walk Stars. Hello, Walk Stars. Really excited for you to hear our conversation today. Alex and I spent a good chunk of time talking about how it is that we identify those who make us feel most seen, safe, and supported. Our winning circle, the people that we know we can trust with all the ups and downs, ins and outs, lefts and rights. An invitation here while you're listening is to take inventory of the people in your life who make you feel held and safe and good, identifying who is in your winning circle and maybe who isn't and what boundaries need to be set in order for you to live a life that is rooted in love and emotional safety and overall well-being. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation today. Blind Nil Audio. I'm Alex L. I'm Libby Delena. Welcome to this Morning Walk podcast. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hey, Lib. How you doing? I'm really cozy today. Fall has shown up in full force, finally. She sort of peeked around the corner last week, but now she's here. How about you? Yeah. I was saying something similar earlier in my walking journal about how I'm so happy that Autumn is here to stay because she had shown up just like you said, and then was like, just kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she's she's back and she's here and it feels it feels good. I'm feeling good today. Yeah. I have cozy socks on. I think they're actually some socks that you sent me. So, And I love when that happens, when you uh, put on something that somebody shared with you. I'm actually drinking my tea out of an Alex L mug or cup let me today. see let me see let me well, see well it's over it's over sitting by my tea kettle which is getting ready but my first cup Ooh. of tea was <laughs> a, I know, a very special mug just makes tea taste better just does speaking of i'm drinking chai out of a mug that my oldest daughter made isn't it so cute it's so pretty. So she's in ceramics at school now, and she made this in school. I'll put a picture, guys. I know y'all are at home like, we can't see. Um, I'll put a picture in the description. You can see my little mug from Charlie. Um, but mm. how cute is this? I know. She's the best. Oh, my gosh. She and what is. kind of tea? Did you make it? One of your blends? No, it was just – it's a chai that I love from um, this company who actually owns – chai.com. I just got off a call with the owner. She's an amazing woman. So support chai. It's a powdered chai. So you don't have to use a tea strainer. She's an Indian woman. She's amazing. Her and her mom started the company. So go support chai. Chai is life. (laughs) Chai is life. Oh my gosh. So how was your walk? My walk was really good. Um, It was good today. It was short. I only did about a mile. And that's outside of us walking Isla to school, but it was a nice walk. I just love this weather so much. How about you? You were up early. I was up early. I know I left you a voice memo saying how excited I was about all the things that are happening. And I think I sent you an audio love note. It was dark and windy. (laughs) It made me feel very comfortable to leave you that note. Uh, My walk was really beautiful in that... um, I don't know, I decided to just walk with a consciously different pace. I think I just often, I get out of my car, I start walking, I, you know, my brain is kind of going at its own little busy pace and my steps match my, 
I don't know, busy mind. And today, I was like, not today, not today. We're slowing it way down today. <laughs> really, really conscious uh, steps. And I find that when I do that, my breathing changes, the pace of my uh, thoughts change. There's just more space, which actually felt really, really good today. And I know you and I were going to talk about something that's been showing up for each of us, which was a concept of surrounding ourselves with friends who really are cheering us on. They're cheerleaders. They want us to win. And how important that is for our well-being, for our mental health, and how we recognize, identify, cherish those who show up as uh, as our biggest cheerleaders and, and really are rooting for us to win. I want to share what you were sort of thinking about this week. So uh, the other day on my walk, I was thinking a lot about what it means to like be and feel supported and to be in relationship with people, be it friends or family or colleagues, be in relationship with folks that actually want the best for you. And the reason why this thought was triggered was because I've been doing a lot of kind of inner child work and reflection on little Alex and what she did or didn't get growing up. And, you know, thanks to therapy, I've been able to dive deeper into my past um, as far as like girlhood and childhood goes without getting um, super like emotionally drained by it. So I was, I was thinking, okay, what felt supportive for me and who could I count on in my life to be really rooting me on? And it was hard to name folks. It was hard um, to identify my winning circle back then. Now it's much easier. I have chosen family. I have beautiful friendships um, and sisterhoods um, with a small group of women. But before them, it didn't feel like I could really count on anyone. And it brought me to this other point. I was speaking to a friend and she said that her boss said to her, Stay close to people who you can be wrong in front of. Mm. And that felt, I, I st we were on a walk and I stopped in my tracks and I was like, what a powerful thing for someone to say, mm. you know, especially in a work setting, because this friend is, you know, doing more public speaking at work and she was getting nervous. And but that was a piece of her boss's like winning advice, like be with people who you can that who you feel safe being wrong in front of and i just thought that that was really major and there's something deeply beautiful about walking through life feeling safe with your circle of people whether you are right or whether you are wrong whether you are up or whether you are down and a big part of my healing practice is learning to accept people for who they are and where they are, but also trust that I'm allowed to be around folks who want the best for me. And I'm allowed to make a decision when I feel like I'm not being seen safe or supported. 
you know? So it's layered. I don't want to ramble too much, but that's what came up for me. Yeah. Wow. That's um, the notion of feeling safe and supported regardless of whether we're right or wrong seems like a really, really powerful. When you said that to me, I got goosebumps on the back of my neck. I think that's really powerful and what a privilege to have those people in our lives. Mm -hmm. Say more about the winning circle. I love when you talk about that. I think that's a, it's a, for me as a visual person, it's a really helpful visualization tool to kind of, I mean, I picture these people literally standing in a circle with me at the center and looking out at them and feeling incredible, undeniable support. And yeah, so say more about the winning circle. A big part of my healing has been identifying who wants to see me win, who wants to see me well. And so they're a part of my, they're in my healing circle. They're not just the rim of the circle. They are in it with me. And for so long, I focused a lot more on who didn't want to see me win. I put a lot of energy on like proving people wrong or just trying to be seen by people who clearly had their eyes closed to me. Hmm. And so I flipped that. I learned to accept the people who didn't see me, who didn't want to see me win. I accepted that. That doesn't mean excuse it, but it's like, I can't change that, right? And then I adjusted my behavior. So something that I teach with my students is acceptance Mm -hmm. and adjustment, right? So I adjusted my behavior, my thought process to stop thinking about the people who didn't want to see me win and start paying attention to the people who I knew wanted to see me win, who were in my winning circle, who I want to see win, you know, like tethering myself to the relationships that are healthy versus focusing on the relationships that are dysfunctional and unhealthy. And that's a really hard thing to do as a human because we don't want, like we want people to be happy for us. We, especially in this healing space, we want people to come along in our healing. We want people to um, be happy for our growth and change. But a lot of times that's hard for other people to do. When they see people in their life healing, changing and growing in ways that they are not able to, ready to, willing to, there can be a lot of backlash, a lot of it looking really passive aggressive, you know, or judgmental. And it's just like, we can't take that on. So focusing on who is celebrating us and who we feel safe celebrating ourselves with and celebrating in their joys, I just think it's beautiful. And so Paying attention to who's in the winning circle looks like literally taking inventory of our life, of our relationships, and acknowledging like, oh, I I do have somebody, even if it's just one person, I do have somebody rooting for me. And I think that that's really important and beautiful, especially as humans, because we are connectors. Like that's just who and what we are, right? And so to be in a circle of folks who are cheering for us like we're cheering for them is really special and important. You're right. And for you, what does it look like when someone is cheering for you and wanting you to win? Mm. Is it unique per person? Is it unique per situation? How does it make you feel? How do you identify that? Because I think I think in the past I've maybe been confused by what looks like cheering 
for you or supporting you. Mm. And maybe it looked that way, but maybe didn't feel that way. And it was, so it's confusing. So how do you, how do you identify that enthusiastic, joyous, loving support? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do you know where the truth lies? That's a really good question. And for me, and I'd love to hear you answer this too. For me, it's less about what is said and more about how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. I am like learning in this 34th year of life Mm -hmm. to really pay attention to how stuff makes me feel because people can be celebrating us, quote unquote, celebrating us and really be jealous of us or really be um, judging us, you know? And we know that energy, like it's hard to, it's hard to pin down, but like we know when someone's like, oh, I'm happy for you, girl, but really they're not happy for you. Or, you know, like it's, it's a feeling, like is the energy and the feeling clear? And I think because I grew up with a lot of passive aggressiveness, Mm. I know when someone's being passive aggressive and I know when someone is being authentic. And so that's been something I just want to start paying more attention to and that I have been paying more attention to. Like, how am I feeling in my body Mm. dealing with this person right now? How about you? That that's a really good question. How how does it show up for you? Yeah, I think um, your language about it feeling clear. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have had that language um, right at my fingertips to describe it, but that is correct. And I would say for me, walking enables me to also get clarity around what I am feeling. I've shared this with you before that in general, in any situation, I am not 100% sure of how I feel about something until I start moving. And so for me, the way I am beginning to learn how to identify those that are truly in alignment with me who, I mean, right now I have my hand across my chest, that's what I feels like. It feels like when uh, somebody is in my winning circle, I feel as if their hands on my chest or their hands on my back. And Mm. there's an ease and a comfort in my body. It is clear. I know how they feel. I know that in my body, I feel comfortable versus uncertain. Uh, There is a clarity. And And that is something I think at this age 61, it's taken me quite some time to be able to understand that. I don't think I... I knew how to identify that a decade ago. I think I would have believed 100% the words that you were saying to me, even though my body was saying, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that language matches the energy you're receiving from that person. And so now it is that clear alignment between words and energy and how I receive that energy. And so for me, I think my... I would say my winning circle in the last few years have gotten has gotten smaller and there's no judgment about that it is a clarity of identification and it's actually really freeing I I I know who those people are I know and trust um that I can be wrong with them that I can be a ding dong goofball and um scared and uncertain and all, all of it with them. And um, yeah, I think the gift is that that circle has um, gotten smaller and maybe more pure, more intensified, more condensed. 
More intentional. More intentional. Yep. Maybe even, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it feels more expansive despite the fact that there might be fewer people. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that I have, I don't want to say that I've shed friendships. I think I've just become clear on who, you know, your beautiful language about, you know, keeping them really close and in, in the inner circle. I I know who, mm-hmm. who can come in. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. Hey, walk stars. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Torre. Every week on my podcast, Torre Show, I interview amazing people like Andre 3000, Jada Pinkett Smith, Brisha Webb, Charles Blow, and all sorts of people about what fueled their rise to success and the ways in which being Black shows up in their work. If you want some inspiration to help achieve your dreams, listen to Torre Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to this Morning Walk podcast. Libby, I think if more of us were taught how to pay attention to what we're feeling, Mm -hmm. it would make a world of difference. I, I often think about mothering, too, when I'm thinking about... Um, feelings and having my words match my actions. And my kids are really good (laughs) at checking me when my words are not matching my actions. And they are very, very, very clear about what makes them feel seen, safe, and supported and what makes them feel wobbly. And as a mom, that is so important to me as far as the cycle breaking goes, Mm -hmm. that my children know how to identify what makes them feel good and safe and emotionally well, and what makes them feel disoriented. And I didn't have parents to teach me that. And so to be able to walk through this life and teach my daughters like how to identify Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, even though feelings aren't always facts, like we know that, but I think we also need to learn how not to ignore what comes up in our bodies. Isla has said to me before, when you said X, Y, Z like that, it made me feel bad. It hurt my feelings. and that was such a learning moment for me as mom because 
of course, I don't want to hurt my children. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to make them feel awful. I don't want to traumatize my kids, right? That's my biggest fear as someone, especially as someone who grew up in a really traumatizing environment. The last thing I want to do is traumatize my kids, right? But I think the beauty in her saying that to me was my openness to apologize to her and to say that I hear her and I see her and her feelings are valid. Even if mommy didn't intend to hurt your feelings, it doesn't matter the intention if the impact has done the damage, right? And so a lot of this work and language and like even this walking practice shapes me into walking closer to the truth even when I get it wrong in motherhood or even when I get it wrong in wife life or even when I get it wrong as a friend. I think something that's really important to me in my winning circle is having people who feel safe enough to tell me that hurt my feelings or I didn't like that you said that or that was a boundary that you crossed. I love that I have people in my life that I can say that to. I love that I'm raising children who express that to me as their mother, to my husband as their father. Like that is so important to create emotional safety. And many of us don't even know what that looks like. Like we're the first ones to do it, especially in my generation. It's like we're doing things differently than our parents. And for many of us, that's a huge... <laughs> huge undertaking to do things differently than our parents and um, to not only choose ourselves but choose the well-being of others in that choosing of self, right? Because when we heal ourselves, we heal the world. We can heal each other. Mm -hmm. And so this walking practice reminds me to not just be gentle with myself, but to be gentle with the world, mm. to be gentle with the feelings of others to be open to being corrected. Like I, there have been many a walks where I have been fuming pissed at something, <laughs> right? And it's just like, by the time I get home, that has dissipated because I have found compassion somewhere along the path. I have found empathy somewhere along the path. I have found a different version of being somewhere along the path. And I think that that's really important for us to pay attention to. Oh my gosh, I love that notion of um, taking what might be a prickly energy out for a walk and finding compassion for it on that path is really powerful. One of the things I was going to ask you, which I was reflecting on for myself as you were talking, which is loving having people in your circle who are able to say, hmm, that didn't feel so good. Uh, the way you said that, or mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you know the impact that had, your words had on me. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what a privilege to have those people. And pause, how I um, am working on not taking those notes or that feedback as a failure of mine. I think my reaction when somebody says, ooh, that didn't feel so good, or um, you know, the way you said that, uh, hurt. And I have to stand calmly in that moment and not feel really badly about myself. I of course have incredible empathy and care. And I, I almost can't believe that I've said something or my actions 
have hurt somebody, right? And and mm. it's a human it's a human reality. So how to not take it and have it be so weighty for me? In many ways, that's my walking practice: is to be open to those notes and that feedback and the impact that we are having. And it's messy as a human being, and to not be not to injure myself or my you know, and not to hold that as being super weighty. And for me, walking to your point is a way to find compassion along the path is a way to look at it, uh, have the space to explore something from a different angle. But it was interesting as you're, you're saying that about, um, the privilege of having those in our lives who are, are willing to say, "Mm, that, that wasn't, that didn't feel so great. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, your words didn't match your energy, which didn't match your actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost as if all three of those things have to be in alignment. And then for me to not feel really, really awful about myself for not having said it more directly or it's an interesting, it's an interesting place. Being human is hard. It's it's not easy. Being a good human is not easy, you know? That's right. I know. Ryan and I have been talking about that a lot. Like being a good human, being a good parent, an intentional person who cares is so hard. I and as an and as a person in this healing space, like with my coaching clients, with my writing students, it's this place of, wow, it's so much easier to be raggedy than it is to choose to do things differently. And I just commend us for trying to do better. I just think that that is so important. I actually, I like that you shared that it's hard not to beat yourself up over what you did say or didn't say or did do or didn't do. And that used to be really, really challenging for me, especially when it came to motherhood, because Mm -hmm. again, the last thing I want to do is like have my kids feel traumatized or have them hate me or like, it is my biggest fear, especially as someone who grew up in a really challenging, emotional, physical environment. Right. And so I just think there is something to be said about having our children or the young people in our lives say to us, like, I didn't like that. I didn't like how that made me feel. And then to honor that Mm -hmm. and not silence it or shrink it and not internalize it. Right. Because that can be tough too. It's like, oh my God, I'm a terrible parent. It's like, you're not a terrible parent, but you are a human and they are human and they didn't like that you did that. And like letting that be okay and change, uh, accepting that that behavior was not to someone else's liking and then adjusting your behavior moving forward. And so I think that's where the lesson comes into play is like, how could I, how can I show up better for this person? In my case, how can I show up more patient with my children? How can I show up more open 
with my children, with my friends, with everybody. Like it's just when I go on my walks, I am think I am taking inventory and I am thinking of what can I do to be a blessing to someone else's life? How can I change in a good, healthy way to be a blessing in someone else's life? Like that's major. And I know for a damn fact that the adults in my life were not thinking that about me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so just like the cycles that we're breaking with that alone, with that intention, with that mindfulness, with that thought process, how can I shift here? How can I show up in a way that's supportive and makes people feel safe, seen, and, um, you know, sound in our relationship? Yeah, I just love that concept of how can I be a blessing to somebody else? I mean, that's, I mean, it's such a North Star for all of us. Every every day, I think I find uh, with the walks for me. So I was saying, you know, if somebody says to me, "You said something that hurt me," it's hard not to center my own disappointment in myself in that moment versus remaining open and acknowledging that um, this is human, messy business. And I think for me, the walks, that was a place for me to center what I was feeling about how I showed up for somebody else and nurture that place that felt prickly and terrible, you know, scratchy. I don't even want to say terrible. It's not terrible. But if I got some feedback that I didn't do something in a way that made somebody feel seen safe, supported, heard, hugged, held, mm. uh, it it's hard to not center my own disappointment in myself which then takes away from that person's moment of sharing and and vulnerability of sharing that with me. So to stay open in that moment and then to nurture that piece of the emotional, you know, scratchiness on my walk. So I think for me, my walks are a place that are a safe haven for me to take that place where maybe, you know, I didn't do such a great job. You know, that's, and not to diminish it, that, happens every day, right? I do something I wish I had done better and, or I wish I'd said it differently. And so the walks for me are this really gentle space where I can play with those thoughts. And I also really hold my own well-being with just the utmost priority in that moment. So going for a walk, I care for myself, even, even when I'm sort of working on that moment where I I didn't take care of somebody else as well as I could have. So yeah, it's easy for me to take those notes and feel poorly about what I chose to do. And so then when I go on the walk, I take that emotion, I try and nurture and heal that, that place. I love that. And I think it just shows that so many things can be true at once. You know, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So many things can be true at once. And if my walking practice has taught me anything, it is that. (laughs) It is that, that Mm -hmm. the duality, the multifacetedness, it is very evident (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I am putting my feet to the ground. And as you say, putting emotion to emotions and calling myself in. That is what my walks do. They call me in. Mm, beautiful. You know, they call me in. They they ask of me to be honest and present and thoughtful. And they ask me to notice not just what's around me outside, but what's in me. 
-hmm. like what is going on, right? And um, so I'm really humbled by the lessons, the teacher that walking is for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I think to sort of put uh, punctuation on this concept for me, I think I love that idea of your walk calls you in. For me, I struggle to find language around what it is that I feel. And on my walks, I am not required to do that. I just Mm -hmm. feel it. I just show up with it. I remember George O'Keefe saying something about something about the reason she painted was because she didn't know how to articulate what it was she was feeling. I think somewhere in that zone. And I feel the same way about walking. You know, sometimes in a in a conversation or in a situation where it requires the clear communication, um, I struggle with that. I'd rather go on a walk with you and hold your hand and <laughs> and talk about it in that moment than. Uh, yeah, any other way. So I think, um, yeah, this walking practice certainly provides a, a lot of uh, guidance and space and love and affection. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I love about our conversations, Alex. I always finish this conversation with a real renewed sense of clarity around how and where I show up. So for me, the lesson from this week is to make sure that my energy, my words, my actions are all in alignment and really honor that place. I think for me, what I'm going to take into next week is continuing to hold myself accountable and to also make sure that my intentions and words and actions are tethered in some way. And I may not always get it right, but I'm absolutely trying my damnedest. And I think that that is worth something. So Libby, now it's time for our walking journals. You and I have grown to really love this practice of pulling out our phones for a couple minutes and talking about the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feelings. So I am really happy that we're doing these walking journals every episode. I am too. I have found on my last few walks that I have recorded several because new ideas, a new view comes into the frame and I'm just excited to talk about it. So you will hear on on our walking journals, the background noises, the crunch of the feet. Um, we bump into neighbors and say hello to them. And uh, so it's raw footage from our actual walks about what we're thinking about and what we're seeing and who we're bumping into. We love to share them with you. So enjoy this week's walking journals. And here is an invitation. Like if you are not doing walking journals, y'all, start doing them. Okay. And send them to us. We'd love We'd love to hear what you're walking through. So again, enjoy and take good care. Hey, walk stars. I'm on my second walk of the day. It feels really beautiful outside. I'm really happy that fall is finally presenting herself and staying. One thing that I'm going to be thinking more about as this year comes to an end is what it means to stand in my truth without apology. I find that the older I get, the more clear it becomes the places that I may be 
not walking deep in my truth, especially when it comes to certain relationships, specifically familial ones where it's like, I can, I I know that I've changed and healed and grown. And there are certain people in my life who are not on that path yet, may not ever be on that path, period, or simply just aren't ready. And I think a big part of truth telling is the radical honesty behind that being true for some folks. And instead of me trying to force or intrude on someone else's healing practice or not, I think I'm just learning how to be with grace and empathy and compassion more versus trying to get someone's truth to look like mine because one, that's not healthy or helpful, and two, that's not how it works. And I think when we're in these familial relationships, be it with parents or siblings or what have you, we can sometimes feel like, wow, I want them to join me on this path. I want them to walk with me through this healing. I want them to show up for themselves so that they can get this richness that comes with healing practice and presence practice and all these things. But the truth of the matter is, is our work is not to make someone else do their work. Our work is simply, well, kind of unsimply, but it's hard. It's hard. Our work is to show up in our truth and keep healing by example, keep leading by example. That's the best way we can encourage people to start their path, whatever path they see fit for themselves without judging them, without shaming them, and without trying to get them to be who we want them to be. (sighs) So yeah, that's my little walking journal this time around. Walk in grace, y'all. Walk in grace, walk in healing, and walk in accepting people for who they are. And if you can't meet them where they are, extend loving kindness from a distance, you know? We're all doing the best we can with the tools we have. Good morning, this morning walk. Today, it is foggy and quiet. And the thing I'm really focused on and noticing is the fragrance I think fragrance is something that we overlook the power of. In a way, it's like one of life's true sensual pleasures, especially out here. So today, the fragrance I'm walking with is this sort of salty fog. Yes, fog does have a fragrance to me anyway, (laughs) and this very gentle eucalyptus. So the whole atmosphere, the visual component, foggy, peaceful, no wind, feels like an exhale. I find myself really taking a deep breath in and exhaling. I guess this whole environment feels like a beautiful exhale today. Nervous system is very 
at home, relaxed, and reminding myself that walking can be a breathwork practice. I don't know much about it. I'm certainly not certified or even that studied on all the types of breathwork. But here's what I do know, that breathing in for four steps, holding for four steps, exhaling for four steps, and holding for four steps, I think what might be called box breathing, is a really beautiful practice, especially when the fragrance is so beautiful. So let's try it, ready? In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. <sighs> oh, how beautiful. Hope you all have a great day. Try breath work as you walk. So Alex, what are you doing today or tomorrow? Anything super exciting coming up? Nothing super exciting. I have been having some really easeful weeks, but I am really, really, really looking forward to Charlie's homecoming on Saturday. We went we went homecoming dress shopping yesterday. And I don't know, there's just something very so cute, exciting for me about that. Just seeing her dressed up and going out with her friends and stuff. And, you know, I just think it's so cute. So I'm excited about that. That's coming up this weekend. So I'll send you pictures for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. How about you? Yeah. I, you know what? I am really excited about a hike I have coming up with some friends. Um, I think we're going to pack a little picnic and, you know, come to some little lookout and spread out a blanket and have a sandwich or two. So that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> I would also say I have found a beautiful little tea shop that has the most... I know, really beautiful blends of tea. So I'm excited Ooh. to go back and try some. I think I'm going to try matcha. I've never been a matcha fan, super matcha fan. And now I'm going to tiptoe into the land of matcha. So I would say um, the high points for me this week are a picnic and a new cup of matcha. <laughs> Send all the pictures, please. Uh, and of thank course, you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Libby. Love you so much. Bye, Alex. Have a great walk tomorrow. I love you, too. This Morning Walk is a production of Blind Nil Audio, hosted by me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena. If you find value and meaning in the conversations that we have on the show, please share it with a friend. And consider leaving a five-star review. Also, comments on Apple Podcasts really help us out. When you do that, it introduces this show to a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening. You are wonderful. Have a great walk. Take good care. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Blind Nail Audio, nor Magnolia.